Welcome back. Hello, this is Mike Hogan. Welcome back to Three Songs. That's right. And who are you, Bob? I'm Bob Nasanovich. <laughs> yeah, that's sitting, right. Sitting on a porch <laughs> in Iowa. Yeah, well, it's nice here. Welcome. It's the September 11th, 2017 edition of the Three Songs podcast. And I'm excited. It's another, sh- should be another fun show. Six I songs hope so. total. Yeah. Good stuff. We got the sound I'm quality. I'm going to learn something tonight. Yeah, you get three songs you've never heard. That's that's shocking. As far as I know, and like as we go along, I'll let you know if I've heard them, but I have no knowledge of hearing them, but you know how that works. Yes, that's true. Well, and, and you introduced uh, a new artist to me as well. We'll, we'll get to all of that soon enough. But, uh, but yeah, I'm going to lead off the show. With uh, with one that you haven't heard, and I've played a lot of old stuff. Geez, I went back to 1927 last show. I like that. Yeah, uh, and I'm and I think I haven't played anything from this century yet in the two shows that we've done. So I'm gonna start with something from two years ago. Yeah, you know why it's not? A kid. Yeah, just a kid. Well, this I think he's maybe not a kid. He's he's got a cup two or three solo albums. Before that, he was in a band called The Coral. Uh, he's a recording artist for Domino Records in the UK. I think he's good label. Yeah, it is. I think he's based in, uh, Liverpool maybe. Yeah. He's a Merseyside guy. Yep. Yep. And you've uh, been there. You've been to Liverpool. I've never been to Liverpool. I've only been to London once. Never to the outskirts of anywhere other than London. Well, let's get you on the English race course as soon as we can. Let's do it. I'm game. I'm the game. best days of my life have been spent on the English race course. <laughs> and I'm not kidding there. Sign me up. Yeah, no, for sure. <clears throat> so I'm talking about Bill Ryder Jones. Bill Ryder Jones put out an album a couple years ago called West Kirby County Primary. I think it was, like I said, I think it was his third solo record. Uh, he did an all-instrumental one, and then he put out another LP uh, this one is his third, and it's a really good collection of just really good songs. It's the kind of stuff, it leads off with a couple songs that almost sound like really mellow, Velvet Underground third record kind of stuff, just him and an acoustic guitar, but not like folk singer, really. Um, it's the sort of thing that feels familiar but new at the same time which is something i always look for um and it just it kind of it's kind of a you know it's domino so it's indie rock and you of course were a domino oh, no domino's a rock and roll label. well they are rock and roll they're a rock and roll label but you, you were a domino recording artist yourself so you you get well, it. one of the first but like um i mean i know lawrence who runs the place and and uh, he's just looking for things that provide him with the same magic that you and I look for when we listen to music. Yeah, no, you can tell. You can tell. He's got he's yeah. got a really good mm. ear for, for new sounds. And I heard this record and it was it was one you know, I play a lot of stuff for myself that's older. Not because I mean half of it is laziness. Half of it is stuff that I know. I reach for the stuff that I love and like you know, when you know you've got Exile on Main Street sitting there you know why go for something that you don't know is going to be 
fantastic and scratch that same itch. So it's rare that I find a record that I just keep coming back to over and over and over and over again that's brand new. And that's the way it was with this record for me. Yeah. Uh, Real good mix of, you know, just classic but new and interesting and and just good, good hooks. He also does this kind of not... Not like slint, but he does this little like whispering, but then singing. You'll see. He does a little bit of this, a little bit of that in this song as well, uh, which is. I mean, the whole record's ten songs. They're all really good. I think this is a this is a good. What's the record called again? West Kirby County Primary. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't know if it's probably some sort of Liverpool local reference that I don't get. As is the, the name of this song, which is. Catherine and Hutchkisson, which I believe is maybe the name of a couple streets in Liverpool, and it's maybe yeah, inter- it probably sounds like a nasty corner. Yeah, I think it's an intersection there, and he's talking about uh, you know the bars, women, women, women with broken pumps and bad bad makeup eating late night. That's right. Falaf- you know, yeah, the bars on the, kebabs. The, the, the bars on Catherine. So yeah, that's that's what this song's all about. But. Uh, all right, let's let's hear it, and then we'll talk a little There's bit more. Plenty about of it. subject matter on the mercy side, Mike. There's oh, plenty I, of subject matter. I don't doubt it, Bob. I've never been. I'm more of a hall guy. I'm more of a hall guy. But <laughs> we'll right. get you over there. We will. I can't wait. All right, Bill Ryder Jones, Catherine, and Huskis, Huskisson. Is I think how you say that? Okay, here we go. Oh yeah. Baby, 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 don't you despair 
Jones. What do you think, Bob? Bob, are you unmuted? Oh, sorry. There you go. I just <laughs> unmuted myself. Yeah. I was Thanks afraid that warning. might happen. I was yeah, afraid. Catherine and Hutchkinson. Yeah, what do you oh, think? No, no, it shows how much I was getting into the song, the fact that it, that it took me a second to unmute myself. You didn't even realize uh, that you were reminded me, reminded me of an, in a good way of a great song by Bell and Sebastian called Mornington Crescent. Uh, it reminded me of Big Star. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like, it was like, is that like England's answer to Kurt Vile, I thought? So like... Could be. Yeah. It was like uh, one of these things that like, yeah, I'd like to hear more and like... Um, one of the beauties of the internet these days is that I think it's essential with an artist like that who's um, a lyricist or he definitely wants his lyrics to be heard to follow along with the lyrics and, it, and like if you bought the record and there's no lyric sheet then like you can find a way to like follow the lyrics on the internet right Right, and the irony th- of it is his first solo record was all instrumental. It was kind of uh, almost minimalist, not folk, but but almost like classical in some ways too. Like his his influences are very widespread, it, much more so than it would. Well, set- they better be. Yeah, they better be. <laughs> in this day and age. That's right. You know? That's right. Well, yeah. all right. So we'll it's tri- hard to pinpoint. He's doing like at least a, with that one little taster you just gave me. There's a lot of things going on. Yeah. So, like, the most intriguing part is, of course, I want to hear more. So, like, it's not one of those things that you hear the first 45 seconds. You're just like, come on, Mike. It has to be better than this. No, that, you know, intriguing artist. Yeah. No, I'm, and, you know, you say he's a kid. I think he's 34. So, I mean, maybe compared to us, he's a kid. But, uh but yeah, he's he's been around for a little while. His he recorded. He was just the guitarist. I don't think he sang for the choral. Uh, but then he went off on his own, and uh, I think he should be due for a new album soon. So I'm excited to hear where we what we get from him. Maybe you could reach out to your buddy Lawrence. Get some I'm insight. excited to like look back at his like uh, uh, history as a singer songwriter. Yeah, yeah. There's some good stuff there. It's worth checking out, especially that that oh, album. Yeah. That album. Top notch. Well, thanks, thanks for turning me on to something new. I'm going to play you one that is kind of old to you. Yeah, Very well. Very old. 
and it's Jamaican a, music. We talked about departures. This is a complete change of pace, and I like that. Yeah, well, we have no other choice. Like this is like what we do. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so tell me. I, it's funny. I know this song. I know this album, but I know almost nothing about the artist. Yeah, he's like a. He's still alive. He's a. Well, it's Doctor Alamantado. Doctor Alamantado. And I guess he's known as the uh, ETAL or the ITAL surgeon. I don't know, like, the Rastafarian speech on that. Like, I know Toots and the Maytals, but, like... Mm. I think it's ITAL. Yeah, ITAL. Yeah, he's still known as the ITAL surgeon. He's just, like, one of these guys, like, along with Lee, Lee Scratch Perry, that was doing brilliant stuff. And, like, uh, like 35 years ago, this song was made. Yeah. And this is his most known song, but like the only thing I have is the album, and just it's good to DJ, good to spin, like um, you know, along with things like the scratch and I mean Eka Mouse, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. it's always good to reach for some reggae. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean for a lot of reasons, like um, you know the Clash champion, this guy. I mean, there's like. I mean, reggae music is like um, always a good vibe, especially if you're, you're DJing. It definitely sets a tone, and you know we'll hear the music. But I would say this: not only is this one of the coolest names of any reggae song I've ever heard, it's also one of the coolest album covers I've ever seen. Yeah. So definitely, he look looks good. Up. He looks yeah. very happy on the streets. I, I I don't know if it was Kingston, but like. And I've never been to Jamaica, have you? No, I haven't. Yeah, well, it sounds like it sounds like I've got to get to to man, Mister Ghost agrees. I got to get to uh, Jamaica, and I got to get to the UK to some racetracks. Absolutely. All right. Anyways, this is Doctor Alamantado, the best dressed chicken in the town. That's right. Here we go. Don't fly, don't fly, don't fly, don't fly. I miss the best, the chicken. Ring it, zing it, a jaja, 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 Fly away, 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 fly away
I unmuted myself. <laughs> Good job, Bob. Yeah. Dr. Alamontado. Yeah. So what's your familiarity with that song? Like, just like... I stumbled across that record somewhere. I saw somebody recommend it, and so I just checked it out, and that whole record, just a very good feel to it. It's a fun record. I like the way they do Like, I don't know when reggae introduced that kind of, like, I think it might have been Lee Scratchberry mm-hmm. introduced that kind of, like, wiggly worm effect. Like, yeah. like that's it, the like dub adds, effect, adds right? the danceability of it or something. Like, yeah. Uh, I don't dance, but like I've seen people dance, and um, I don't dance, but I've seen it myself. <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot of dancing in my life. <laughs> yeah, most of us by uh, us white men have been very bad, very bad. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a fun one. I I've never heard. It's funny you you say you haven't heard any of his other records. I've never heard any of his other records, but that's a classic. That is one of. You know, when I think of it's it's not first phase. You know, it's not Desmond Decker and uh, you said Toots and the Maytals. It's not the early like mid to mid '60s stuff. But when I think of the '70s, I think that's one of the premier classic Jamaican records of the '70s, right? Really, I think no, I so. Didn't know that I'll tell you how I discovered it. A friend of mine from England, from Hull a great DJ named Chris. He said, man, like you got to figure out a way to get me a CD of this record. And I looked into it. Like I only DJ vinyl and, um, I couldn't find him a CD. So I sent him a vinyl, you know, and then he ended up like having to expand his setup to (laughs) To incorporate. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, like he, you know, he had a ton of vinyl and one of those things like, yeah, you know, if you're spinning, then spin. Like, right. don't you know? Right. I don't even know. Like, but apparently people appreciate that. But like, right. that's all beside the point. I know that like 30 years after Dr. Alamontado made that song, he re-released it. Like, in a you know, with the precious packaging, maybe re-releases with mm-hmm. and um, with some bonus stuff, maybe even a DVD or something. Like in 2012 or 13, um, I haven't actually stumbled upon on that so who knows but uh, it it forced me to um recently listening to it several times recently and a bunch of other reggae stuff getting ready for a dj set it forced me to stumble upon the techniques have you ever heard of them no i'll look forward to playing that i'm gonna get that in the mail hopefully in a few days and like that's that whole thing of like um the 70s uh jamaican thing uh it's a genre called rock steady which Mm -hmm. i'm unfamiliar with yeah, nice. Maybe we'll have to bring that to another one of these episodes. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. I mean, you know, you stumble upon things. That's the yeah. BD music. Stumble, yeah. One thread leads to another. We all stumble through the yard. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So what do you have next? What's, uh, what's, what are you going to... Well, we're, we're hopping all over the world. So we, we, we were in Liverpool, and then we were in Kingston, Jamaica, and now we're, we're going to beautiful Cleveland, Ohio beautiful city and and we're moving through the decades too we went, we went now have you been to cleveland i've never been to cleveland Ooh, yeah. we need to get on the shores of lake erie my yeah, friend i've never been to cleveland either uh the indians are doing well i think they're trying to win their 19th or maybe they already won their 19th in a row tonight. yeah they're at eight nothing tonight yeah, they're right. home and host um yeah, yeah. 
crazy. Great yeah. town, great yeah. city. In fact, um, there's only one city, there's only one racetrack that I can claim as a lifetime winner at, and that's Thistledown. There you go. There you go. But that's a story for a whole different that, podcast. That is, that is another another episode. Well, Cleveland, amazing, amazing history of rock. Not just the. What else whole, is there to do there? Well, I don't know, but you know, and in none of this rock and roll Hall of Fame nonsense. I'm talking like Peter Lochner, Rocket from the Tombs, Pear Ubu, the Dead Boys, all you Dollfish, know, Cramps, all those bands. And then later in the eighties, the uh, this band came along, the Mice. It's a it's a dark and filthy place. Yeah, so I guess you got nothing to do but drink beer and make music that very few people will hear. But years later, will be influential to a bunch of different people and a bunch of different bands, and will lead into other music. And that's what it's all about. And the Mice recorded two records when they were around, and nobody cared at all, as far as I could tell. They put out a, a, an EP. Well, they put out a couple seven inches or one or two seven inches as well. But they put out an EP in 84. And then in 86, they put out this record uh, called Scooter, their only LP. This is the first track off of it. It's called Little Rage. And they're the kind of band that in a different time and in a different place, if this, al- if this album came out 10 years later and they had the right backing, this would have been huge. And you can tell... Even in 86, like this is the blueprint for Super Chunk and a lot of those bands. So they could have been like Soul Asylum or something. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. Um, <laughs> if that was their goal. If, if that was their goal and if, if the stars aligned and, and fate smiled upon them. I think their goal them, was just like to rock their city. Well, yeah, absolutely. But they did it really well and it's a fantastic uh, you know, I mean, I think they only released about 15, 16 songs in, in their existence, and they're all really, really good pop songs, rock songs, punk songs, whatever you want to call them. Um, Sounds like power pop. It's power yeah, pop. Power like pop. Visible targets or like um, the yeah. end tables. Or... Right, right, exactly. Um, but really good stuff. And then the, the main guy, Bill Fox, uh, released a couple really good solo albums on Scat in the mid-'90s. And then he just kind of disappeared. There's a there's a Believer article about him that's worth checking out. Um, just a really, really good songwriter. Amazing songwriter. You can hear it in this song. You can certainly hear it in his solo records. Um, just underappreciated talent. Maybe I'll play some Bill Fox on one of these. Uh, yeah, maybe he's a mutual clerk at Thistledown or a bus driver in Cleveland. He, he hadn't disappeared. He could be, yeah. But, there you go. Yeah, um, but you know, just it's the sort of thing where I know very little about the band or the history. Uh, this album came out on St. Valentine Records. I think it was just a small Cleveland label. They released like some Death of, Death of Samantha records, and my dad is great dead. band, great yeah. band. Oh yeah, I mean there was my dad is dead is a fantastic band too. Oh God, I played a brilliant show with them at Lynn Lawrence, Kansas. Yeah, amazing. I mean, all these Cleveland bands. Death of Samantha, Coca-Cola, Licorice. Boy, does that kick. We'll yeah. have to play that next week. There you go. I think we got one of your songs yeah. next week. But yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's kind of the same scene, but this was, this was you know, this was like if, if Super Chunk were in that scene and it was 10 years earlier. Uh, so yeah, here we go. Little Rage. Hit us, Mike. Hit us, Mike. Hit Little Rage by the Mice. Here we go.
mice with the kind of song that just gets stuck in your head for days. That's some feel-good, old-school garage music. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, gee, yeah. that's over 30 years old now. Sounds like it. I guess. It still sounds fresh to me, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, freshness is a individual thing. <laughs> <laughs> Speak for yourself. So you'd never heard them before? No. 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 But you know, I mean, obviously you know Death of Samantha, you know the scene, um, and they were... I yeah, the mice, like, you know, like, I I, I just had never heard it. Yeah. You know, just like I, I've seen it, but I've never heard it. Somewhat, so, like, somewhat forgotten. You know, they weren't they weren't really even that big in their own time, and I think they got a reissue on scat a little, you know, years later, but even still, it never really took off, I don't think. Um, well, there's some of the millions that have passed by me. Yeah, well, and yeah. The, this next band hasn't for either of us, so no. beat happening. No, no, I mean, yeah, and and I think probably of probably of all the songs we're gonna play or all the bands we're gonna play tonight, beat happening is the one that most of the listeners are most likely to know, right? Yeah, I, would, I mean, I would no Courtney Barnett probably. Yeah, you, you think? Well, I don't know. Maybe it's just it's, it's, I'm showing my ignorance that. Uh, I guess she's well, big. Well, no, 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 you know, she's big yeah, these just, days, but yeah, no, beat happening is rather obscure, I think, um, compared to Courtney Bardet. But they were huge in their day, you know, at least in the indie rock scene. Well, you were in the Pacific Northwest, and you were part. You like, and like, what? But, what? What was your impression of K Records? K, you know, I mean, they are the embodiment of the do-it-yourself label. Um, putting it out on cassette, putting it out on seven inch, pressing up in, in hand, folding the covers, uh, you know, and, and in a lot of ways they were an inspiration for the stuff that I did with my record label that, uh, you know, I ran for, I don't know, 10 years or so, uh, eight years or so. So they were founded in, I believe, 82? Yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds right. And this is one of their first acts, so like... yeah. Well, it was Discord at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yep. SST. SST, obviously. Yeah. But K was doing this. K was like representing an. I think K, like their significance is they represented a, a pretty important part of the country. They did. Yeah. Yeah. The Kill Rock Stars followed suit. Yeah. But, but like maybe 10 years later, I think. What was the name of your label? Little Brother Records. Yeah. And there was um, many others that look out in the Bay Area. Sure, sure. You know, and, and obviously, obviously, Pub Sop, which we'll get into at some point. And Teen Beat too. Yeah, Teen Beat. Yep, mm-hmm. same era. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, was that? Okay, what was the K Magic? Like Candace Peterson and Calvin Johnson. Like, and it was Olympia. It was very right. much an Olympia thing. Right. Right. In Olympia, and, like, what's your experience in Olympia? I've been there a few times. Um, you know, it's just it's it's mostly I know it as as passing through on the way to Seattle. Um, but you know, College Town, Evergreen College, and it, I think that's one of the things. It's very endearing about K, especially in the early days, is they were documenting. But you never the scene. like stopped into the K scene, like you never like saw shows in Olympia. 
I saw a couple, but you know, it was like, I always felt like an outsider and it's okay. Like not in a bad way. Like this was their thing and I liked seeing it and I liked experiencing it. Um, but I never, you know, it, it, it felt like it wasn't my thing. It wasn't, it wasn't, I wasn't part of that scene and, I, and it was okay. I didn't need to insert myself into it. I could appreciate what they were doing on vinyl. I could appreciate it when they would come through town, you know, I'd see, uh, whatever band, you know, some velvet sidewalk, or you'd see these bands that would come through town. Um, well, to me, in my experience, I would actually call it the most insulated scene in indie rock history. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Absolutely. I was, I mean, I went there as an outsider. I went there to tour manage Huggy Bear, an English mm-hmm. riot girl band. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say 93 or not 93. It was. And like, um, it is very protected and tight. Like, right. Yeah, that's the I mean, sense I remember I got the too. only time that I've actually ever met Calvin Johnson, like he was just like kind of gave me that what are you doing here face. <laughs> I could see that. And and like Toby, who I toured with for six weeks, about halfway through the tour, Toby Vale, and she's a a great, great person and and you know, I consider a friend. Um she was there, there was an amazing amount of like um, skeen or uh, skeen skepticism, yeah. skepticism. <laughs> well, <laughs> and and I think that that kind of cuts both ways. I mean, it's a double edged sword. I think it's both. It 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 closes people out, but at the same time, it makes it feel not that it's more legitimate, but like there were no pretensions there were no attempts to make it big make it in the yeah, music I mean, yeah i mean they were doing their own thing but like i experienced the same thing when i moved to louisville in 92 93 slint like post slint era mm-hmm. louisville like um they're like i remember being at the butchertown pub like the first week i lived there and i was watching a king king kong show great band and ethan buckler was like once you move back to New York, like they didn't, they did not want you there, you know, that, <laughs> yeah. and that was kind of an, you know, yeah. a weird impression of, but in fact, in fact, I'd never would have dealt with Olympia in the early nineties had I not lived in Louisville, hmm. you know, obviously like I was just there to do a job. I was just there to drive a rental car for six weeks with an English punk band in the back, you know? Yeah. But anyways, this is actually, to me, like, um, I think Beat Happening, to me, and I saw them once at Hoboken at, at, in Maxwell's Great Club, and they were good, and and um, to me, like, you know, I reached for four or five songs, and, like, to me, this is, like, you know, their best song. Yeah. Well, there's a purity about them, I think, you know? I mean, it's very simple, stripped down just guitar drums vocals that's it very simple that's all you need yeah no no fluff very straightforward in the best possible way and great words means great spirit to the song so spinner away all right indian summer is the name of the song from jamboree 1992 beat happening k records thanks mike thanks mike
Of course, Bob. Thank you. Breakfast in cemetery, boy tasting wild cherry, touch girl apple blossom, just a boy playing possum. We'll come back for Indian summer. We'll come back for Indian summer. We'll come back for Indian summer. What is that cheerful sound? Rain falling on the ground. We'll wear a jolly crown. Buckle up, we're wayward bound. We'll come back for Indian summer. We'll come back for Indian summer. We'll come back for Indian summer. And go a separate way. Touch your hem, you say. Let's stroll down Martin Way. Pick plums, abandoned farm. Who let norms come to harm? We'll come back for Indian summer. We'll come back for Indian summer. We'll come back for Indian summer. Then go a separate ways. Cover me with rain. Walk me down the lane I'll drink from your drain We will never change No matter what they rain We'll come back for Indian summer We'll come back for Indian summer We'll come back for Indian summer And go a separate ways Cemetery, picnic on wild berries, French toast with molasses, croquet and baked Alaskas. We'll come back for Indian summer. We'll come back for Indian summer. We'll come back for Indian summer. Cover me with rain. Yeah. Beat happening. I always felt like he's in, in, instead of saying "cover me with rain," that he he should have said, uh, or to me, I've changed it. Like you know how you change lyrics for songs, yeah, and like you you make them your own version. And like I, I always thought that he should change that to "cover me in Holland days." <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> Like, he got foodie on us with Baked Alaska. <laughs> okay. It's so like, why not bring in, like, holidays? So like, K Records, like, you know, like, despite the insulation of that scene, they're, they're most famous for early releases by Beck and Built to Spill mm-hmm. right. and Modest Mouse. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, mm-hmm. you know, nothing to, I guess they're somewhat regional, they're left coast, but, like, right. 
And it's very interesting. And then the, and the power of the publication was amazing. Then their fanzine was like, you got a bad review in K. I mean, I remember the first payment seven inch. It was like, hold on, like K said we were all right. That's cool. You know. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, back then it was for me. I mean, it was this was pre-internet. You know, the way you discovered stuff was was fanzines, the K catalog, the Ajax well, it's catalog, like, con- like conflict Gerard's fanzine, like. Yeah. Yeah, you know the, the there was like impressionable fanzines. Yeah, forced exposure for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like now it's all but been umbrellaed into Pitchfork. It used to be like all these like weird independent voices. Like, right. You know, so it's like it wasn't well organized, but like you know, you hung on every word. There was a bunch of brilliant fanzines in the in the Midwest, and like fanzine culture. Did you have a fanzine? No, for your no, label? No, I didn't. I had a free one that I used to put on top of the cigarette machine at Maxwell's called Jip Jap Jippy G that started in Charlottesville. There might have been eight editions. I tried really hard, but like, just like with my tip sheet at the races, I, I could never get the ball rolling. Yeah. I want to see some Maybe copies. My content wasn't good, Mike. Well, it's okay. You, you got better. Let's, let's, before. Not really. No. Before we Actually, move. Actually, if. It, before we move on, let's talk about that song. So, like, I hadn't heard Indian Summer in probably 20 years at least. And what struck, two, two things struck me. One, one, I had forgotten how much it sounded like an inverted version of All Tomorrow's Parties musically. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, yeah. And, and, Which is great. Yeah, Good move. I love it. Uh, and, and so it's like, it's like All Tomorrow's Parties turned on its head and sung with completely different lyrics by Lurch from the Adams Family. Which well, I see that comparison, but at the same time, like one great thing about that song is you don't need a lyric sheet; you can hear no. every single word he sings, right? Which is great. He's right. very brave and bold with his lyrics all the way through his career, right? Calvin Johnson, yeah, and um, which is fantastic. And um, it was more just about like being in Olympia. I think, mm-hmm. like, yeah. you know, that's what he sang about, like, you know, this mysterious place, like, an experience. Which is probably, it's pretty boring, like, to a lot of people, like, but, like, you know, it's right. like Des Moines exciting, too. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, let's let's move on. We're going to go back to England for this one. Now, this yeah, is, this is another one you're not familiar with. So, Mr. Ghost knows Mr. Bill Ghost Faye, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ghosty knows Bill Fay. He's a big Bill Fay fan. So Bill Fay released a couple albums. I think this was his second one. Um, Time of the Last Persecution is the name of the record. Came out in 1971. Um, I don't think it got much attention at the time. You know, he's he's sort of like one of these singer songwriters, but like it seems to be a familiar theme with you, Mike. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I don't mean it to be. Maybe yeah. I got to start branching out a little bit more, but I don't. Well, mean no, no, I'm be. just saying that, like, you know, you, you love discovery. Yeah. Well, you know what I like? There's a connection between Bill Fay and Bill Fox, who led the Mice, in that right. they recorded and they they made some amazing records, and then they just seemingly disappeared for years. Bill Fay completely disappeared i think he after he recorded this record it didn't go anywhere it was a total but, but these guys that would actually disappear mike they just like musically they did 
Right, musically, okay. Yeah, you know, it's like it's they're not like putting an album out every t- couple years. It's it's like the modern version of the blues guy who's maybe still doing his thing, but he's doing it quietly and he's working another job. I think he was a, a postman in in the yeah. UK, you know, for for thirty some odd years. He he recently, you know, a few years ago, recorded a new album. He's recorded another album since then, but he went. I don't know, 40, out, 40 years between his second and third album, uh, which is just interesting and fascinating to me. It's like just... It's a long time. Well, yeah, and it's like music is, is just something he did in a small period of his long life. and um, Well, it's like Elizabeth Cotton. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Elizabeth Cotton, like you, you said, she had, she had this career, and then and she was a recording artist, and she was in some you know, recording situations, and she was rediscovered as a house cleaner for, for, who was, again, a Uh, famous person. Mike Seeger and Pete Seeger, yeah. Right. The Seeger family. So the magic's there. They just either don't have, like, a setup, or, like, when they do it, they, you know, they felt like, okay, we've done that. Like, who knows how it works, like. Well, it's you know it's like the music industry is is difficult, and if you don't have success, you you get banished. And you know maybe he just he it wasn't it wasn't worth him trying to grind it out and make a third album and and keep touring when when the interest wasn't there. So he just he just packed it up. But uh, this is this is from 1971. This is I think it's the last song on the album, and this is um, this is a song I really like. It's it's this whole album has this. I mean, it's called The Time of the Last Persecution, so it's not surprising that it has this almost post-apocalyptic feel to it, which is weird from a singer-songwriter. Um, you don't think of that necessarily, but there's this very dark feeling to this record, um, but also a very hopeful feeling at the same time. And and this song is, is it's short. It's not that long. It's only, you know, two and a half minutes, three minutes maybe tops. But it's it's kind of split in two. There's the first part of it, and then the second part's this like kind of gloomy, darker instrumental break. Um, but uh, it's just a song that I've always really liked, and not my son's name Teddy, not because of this song, but I used to sing this song to him when he was a baby. It's called uh, all, "Let All the Other Teddies Know," and. Uh, it's just a really pretty song, and uh, it's also a. You know, you know, Mr. Ghost is a big fan of it too. It's a. Uh, it's just a he nice wants song. Wants to hear it. Yeah, he wants to hear he it. He wants to hear it. We'll we'll play it loud for Mr. Ghost. This is Bill Fay. Yeah. Here we go. Success success is random in this industry. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Teddy, don't let the shadows get me. cupboard explodes and don't cry Teddy for there's someone to turn to and Teddy let all the other Teddies know the only time I'm not tired when I'm asleep Everywhere there are angels But we never meet Teddy 
shadows get me I'd be ready Teddy For when the cupboard explodes like the way that thing built up yeah yeah because it starts out this beautiful little lullaby yeah then it goes from like incredible piano to power rock yeah all right i mean no surprise this this album completely flopped when it came out in 1971 i mean what do you do with this you know i mean it's not led zeppelin it's not james taylor it's there's no indie rock then my man yeah i mean i don't think anybody knew what to make of it Where's he from in England? Oh, God, I don't know. Yeah, I think I looked it up. Um, keep on talking about it. I'll find it on my... <laughs> That's I'll keep okay. On, hold on. I'm, I'm looking, too. I think um, we should know that. I like, think he's from London, know. actually, North London. So, And he still lives there. His yeah. his The albums that he recorded recently are fantastic, too. Um, I mean, really, really good. And really, like in a, strangely, considering how dark this album was um, very uplifting and beautiful. Really. Yeah, what do you mean by out. dark? What do you mean by dark? You know, what, what do you mean by that? Like subject matter. I mean, God, there's a, there, there's a song on this album. I mean, it's again, it's called the time of the last persecution, which right there tells you it's right. Like, it's, right. You, right. You know, it's, oh yeah. There you go. It's, and there's a song of, I mean, like Hitler. So there's like, when Hitler darkness like suggests pain to me. Well, I think it's just, yeah, I mean, the music too, you know, the second half of that song especially gets kind of dark musically, but the the lyrics are kind of dark. I mean, there's a song about Hitler. Uh, you know, this is not the kind of stuff that you'd hear in pop songs in 1971 at all. Right. Anywhere. You know, again, surprising, it was a flop. Um, well, bless his heart, I'm happy he's still going. Yeah, yeah. No, he's, and I, I, it'd be amazing if he can perform... I don't know if he's toured, uh, but he put out a couple. No, but of I'm albums. saying like the fact that he's still doing it like suggests that like, I mean, my goodness, like, yeah, he's still writing songs. Really, I mean, check out check out the two albums he put out um, after. I think it was in the last couple of years. Uh, Jeff Tweedy from Wilco produced at least one of them and sings. Oh on yeah, them. yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the yeah Wilco's champion. This guy like. Um, Super Chunk is um, championed. What was it? 
The, you mean your previous artist? The Mice, again? yeah. I mean, they, they, yeah, I think they recorded a Mice song on one of their albums. Um, yeah, the Mice. Yeah, so yeah, so like you do. I mean, do these guys rely on like current bands to like rediscover them? It doesn't hurt. I don't know. I mean, I don't. I I, I doubt. I would say this: if if it wasn't for someone like Jeff Tweedy, I doubt Bill. Faye would have ever recorded new records. Um, so wow. Okay. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm completely wrong, but uh, you know, after 40 years, you know, why else? Uh, maybe I could I could find out a little backstory on that. But you know, he just decided. That's to beside the point. Come out of the That's blue and say, "I've got a new album. Is anybody interested?" I mean, I think I think it 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 might have been kind of the current version of of seeking out the old blues artists and you know are you still around do you still want to make some music that's pretty cool yeah all right well let's let's end it with your this is a song by an artist that you mentioned on last show courtney barnett well i think she's the i think she's the best going in my opinion you know today so wow that's big to me, like she is, like um, I, you know, the album. The, every song to me is great. So, you know, so it's one of these things that you hopefully encounter more than once every five years. But like, to me, she's a just a brilliant young performer from Australia. Wow, that's that's high praise, very high praise, and I'd never ah, heard of, you, you. She plays guitar and she sings, and everything about her is like just fantastic i'd never heard her before uh you mentioned her last week i checked her out um and i'd actually had heard i didn't know who it was but i'd heard not from this record but i think from a previous record i'd heard the song avant gardener yeah i hope that she's just getting started like i think she is like it seems like it yeah i think she could easily be like you know one of the best of all time wow. to me wow. to me it's like you know, classic rock happening today. Yeah. And like, very excited to see her in, in uh, Minneapolis in a month for the first time. I could have seen her last year in Kansas City, but I had to charge horses at Prairie Meadows. And I sent my wife down and she got way into it. Like, uh, it's her favorite artist as well, Courtney Barnett. God, this is her favorite song. My wife's favorite song. Wow. Okay, let's play it. You want to say the, the song or should I? Yeah, Depressed In by Courtney Barnett. It's one of her mellower ones. You said we should look out further. I guess it wouldn't hurt us. We don't have to be around all these coffee shops. Now we got that percolator. Never made a latte greater. I'm saving. $23 a week We drive to a house in Preston We see police arresting A man with his hand in a bag How's that for first impressions? This place seems depressing Oh 
Beautiful song. Yeah, long, thanks, Mike. Uh, um, long like fade that, out. That have anything to do with it, but the thing I love about that song is like, so basically, that's about like a, a young person that lives in an apartment in Melbourne, Australia. Okay, he is like, you know, thinking about moving from being a renter to a home buyer, first time home buyer. So she's looking a little further out in Melbourne for a home. And, like, she discovers that everything's overpriced and, like, doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense for her to live there. Or perhaps it's possible, but, like, then, like, the lyric that she repeats is, like, if you've got a spare half a million. Like, right. who in God's name has a spare half a million? Like, you know, like, you know. You could, you could knock it down and start all over. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, it's like worth like three hundred. Like, you know, they can barely afford that to start with. It's boring, but it's like safe. Like she can set up her like home recording deal there. Like however she works, and like, yeah, come on. Well, you know, it's the subject matter is very mundane in a lot of ways, and and it's the sort of thing that I think a lot of people can relate to. But it's also very effortless. You know, it's like the song. Well, she does that. Like that's and like she she can kick it too. Like there's that you know there's a lot of like. You know, she kicks around all kinds of genres. Like, she knows how to rock. Like, believe me, like, it's a nice to have a young, talented songwriter and guitar player that you believe in. Good. I like her. I'll have to check her out more. Can't wait to see her live. In fact, she's probably got to be passing through your city. If she's coming to Minneapolis. One, she's one not coming think. to Des Moines, but she's got to be passing through on the same tour. One would think. Well, I'll check it out. I'll check it out. Yeah. All right, Bob. It's been another Great fun show. one. Yeah. yeah, thanks. I enjoyed that. It was a very mellow show. It was. Well, you know, we started we started a little more upbeat with the Bill Ryder Jones. The, the mice kept us upbeat a little, but the rest of it was it was pretty mellow. We ended on a mellow note, but that's okay. It's good. We might have to hit, up, hit, hit him with a little more hard rock next week. We can do that. We can do that. Next week, I think we'll probably record on Thursday night. Yeah, it's later this week. Yeah. Yeah, so... Fire it up. September 14th. Mark your calendars. Yeah. Wherever Hopefully you, you get got a good podcast. mix on this one. Like, uh, I'm sorry, you know, if I was a bra, didn't, yeah. didn't do the miking right and stuff. Sounds great. We, 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 I think we've hit our stride, uh, you know, so. No, we haven't. But, like, Mike, I Sounds thank you for all your brilliant engineering work. Sound-wise, I think, I think we've gotten there. We're getting there. You know, now we just got to get one of your buddies to write a theme song for us. Okay, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll get Patrick <laughs> Patrick Fleming to do. We'll do that for okay. me in a heartbeat. All right, perfect deal. All right, all right, man. Mike Hogan here. Bob Nastanovich there. In Des Moines, in, and you're in Brooklyn. No, I'm in uh, Forest Hills, Queens. New York. Oh yeah. man, the site of the original U.S. Open. That's right. I'm not. I'm not as. I'm not cool enough to be in Brooklyn. Wow. Now you're too you're too cool <laughs> yeah, to be know. in Brooklyn, my man. I can't keep track anyway. All right. Thank you, sir. Let's do this again soon and thank you everyone for listening. Thank you, Mike. All right. <laughs>